Hello there, people in Podland. It's Amber. I am at Place de la Concorde. It is a freezing cold day. You might be able to hear all the traffic around me. I'm getting ready for the new podcast about the obelisk, which is looking mighty fine today. I'm just standing by the fountain, where if you've seen that film, The Devil Wears Prada, Anne Hathaway, she throws her phone in there. It's an old film now. But then Anne Hathaway, she goes on to be a Fontaine, doesn't she, in Les Miserables? Anyway, new podcast coming out soon, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, speak to you at the end. Hello, and welcome back to Panem, the podcast which is not afraid to dig into the stories of Paris's past. In this episode, ancient Egyptian monuments and rude baboons. The obelisk, at over 22 metres high, made from rose granite and weighing in at an estimated 227 tonnes, sits proudly in the centre of the Place de la Concorde, and, at over 3,000 years old, it's Paris's oldest monument. It was a gift to Charles X by the Egyptian viceroy Mehemet Ali for France's support. Now, originally, it stood with its twin at the entrance of the Luxor Temple in Egypt. In fact, both were given to France, but only one would make the long and difficult journey to Paris. The other remains, to this day, in Egypt. But was it just difficult because moving such a giant monolith was never going to be easy? Or was there something more sinister at work? Ancient Egyptian magic? A curse, maybe? And are there secret Masonic messages hidden deep within? Come with me and let's find out about the fraught journey of the obelisk from Luxor to Paris. All things Egyptian were already popular with Parisians following Napoleon's campaign in Egypt in 1798, as well, of course, as the discovery of the Rosetta Stone in 1799. There are plenty of sculptures around Paris with an Egyptian feel dating from this period. For example, the fountain at Châtelet, the entrance to the covered passages at Place Caire, or Place Cairo in English, and the Le Mercier wing of the Cour Carré at the Louvre, to name but a few. I'll put some pictures on Instagram and on the website for you to have a look at. More modern tributes include the gorgeous Luxor cinema near Barbès, various mausoleums at Père Lachaise, and of course the pyramid entrance at the Louvre Museum. But needless to say, the most important Egyptian artefact in Paris is the obelisk itself. It's meant to represent a ray of sunshine in homage to the sun god Amon, and its role was to establish a link between the world of gods and men, which is why it would have stood at the entrance to a temple. At the very top of the obelisk, depicted in hieroglyphics, we see the figure of the pharaoh Ramesses II kneeling and making an offering to Amon. Appropriately, today, the obelisk, unlike many other monuments, is not illuminated at night with artificial lights, but rather it is lit only by the sun, and serves not only as a monument, but perhaps one of the world's most noble sundials. Look carefully when you visit the Place de la Concorde, and I know it can be overwhelming with cars and people and buildings and fountains, but if you cast your eyes down, you'll notice markings on the ground in Roman numerals. These turn the obelisk into a sundial. In return for this incredible monument, the French, 15 years later, offered the Egyptians a brass clock, 
which sits still today at the Mosque of Muhammad Ali in the citadel of Cairo. Sadly, the clock has never worked as it was damaged in transit, and to be honest, it doesn't really compare, does it? A clock compared to an ancient obelisk. I think the French got a better deal there. Or did they? Because bringing the obelisk over from Egypt to France was an absolute headache. You see, at the same time the Egyptians offered the French the two obelisks from Luxor, they also offered the English a set of obelisks. The English at first refused, realising it would be extremely difficult and costly to bring such a gift over to England. Later, they changed their mind. But the French were keen from the get-go, and so they set off to collect their prize. Of course, a certain amount of planning was needed, so before they could begin, a special boat had to be constructed. In Toulon, a ship they called, appropriately, the Luxor, was specially built and customised in order to adapt to its unusual cargo and the voyage ahead. It needed to be able to cross the Mediterranean Sea as well as navigate the river Seine and Nile. In the end, it was 43 metres long, but with a mast of only 9 metres high, so that it might go under the bridges of the Seine. Not only this, but the front of the boat could be removed so that the obelisk was able to be loaded with ease. By the time the ship was ready in April of 1831, the July Revolution had already seen Charles X, the king who had accepted this complicated gift, replaced by Louis-Philippe. Coincidence? Or the first example of an ancient Egyptian curse coming into play? It was probably unrelated. I'm just trying to give it a bit of a mysterious feel. Anyway, there was a bit of a diplomatic issue going on, but Egypt decided to stand by its promise and give the obelisk to France. The Luxor set off for Egypt and arrived in good time. So far, so good. But here, things start to go wrong. The reality of moving this huge, heavy and ancient artefact really started to set in. There was a real concern that they would not be able to, that they would break it in attempting to do so, which one can only imagine would not bode well for Franco-Egyptian relations, or that they would significantly weaken the structure so that by the time it arrived in Paris, it would crumble when they tried to erect it. Naval engineer Apollinaire Lebas was in charge of this delicate operation. First, they gently rotated the obelisk, and then, with a complex system of ropes and pulleys and supports and plenty of manpower, they gently lowered it to the ground. But at the last moment, the timbers snapped, and it fell. Thankfully, it remained in one piece. Now, the obelisk may be down, but it was not giving up the fight. There were about 400 metres remaining between where the obelisk stood, or rather lay, and the boat. Transporting the obelisk this short distance, however, would take them around a month and a half before they were finally able to load it onto the ship. Then, the Nile itself has a go at keeping the artefact in Egypt. It was now December, and the waters were too low to travel, so they were obliged to wait another six months before finally setting off. Again, the river steps in and has a go at delaying them. At the mouth of the Nile, a sandbar prevented them leaving. Again, they had to wait, but this time a cholera epidemic swept the company, killing many and delaying the operation further. 
Finally, the Luxor made it into the Mediterranean, where she was joined by another ship called the Sphinx, which was a steam-powered vessel whose job it was to guide the Luxor back to France through the sometimes tempestuous Mediterranean waters. Thus, finally, after setting off nearly two years previously, the obelisk made it to Paris. But, despite having had ample time, the preparations to receive the obelisk were not finished. The base was not ready. Now, the obelisk, of course, had its very own interesting base, one which depicted four baboons standing on their hind legs, their arms raised as if worshipping the sun. But the somewhat puritanical climate of Louis Philippe's reign, and especially his wife, thought it impossible to show, in the words of the Louvre Museum, such manifestly male baboons in a public place. It seems that they were convinced that Parisian ladies would be shocked to see something so naked in the centre of Paris. So the baboons were sent off to the Louvre where they are to this day, and which had no hesitation in exhibiting them then as now. The new base was sculpted at Brest, and it's adorned with a sort of modern hieroglyph, depicting the journey of the obelisk from Egypt and its erection in Paris. The choice of the Place de la Concorde was by no means accidental. Previously, it had been a royal square. During the Revolution, it was one of the places that the guillotine was set up, and it was here that Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette were executed. This ancient monument, which predated French history, seemed like a perfect symbol to bring harmony to this complicated space. The day, however, of the elevation was tense. Hundreds had gathered to witness the event. Apollonaire Lebas, the engineer now in charge of mounting the obelisk, was keenly aware of how delicate the operation was. He wrote, quote, A misunderstood order, a badly secured cable, a bent bolt, would have caused a dreadful catastrophe. The shattering obelisk, the loss of millions, the hundred or so workmen crushed inevitably by the collapse of the rig. I confess I could not think without some sort of anxiety of the deep responsibility that weighed upon me. End quote. I'm not really surprised. Thankfully, this time, all went to plan. And so, on the 25th of October, 1836, three years after its arrival in Paris, Louis-Philippe, the last king of France, in the Place de la Concorde, witnessed the inauguration of Paris's newest, oldest, monument. La tour Eiffel a froid au pied, l'arc de triomphe est ranimé. Et l'obélisque est bien dressé entre la nuit et la journée. Il est cinq heures, Paris s'éveille. Later, Haussmann would try to remove it in his frantic renewal of the city, but thankfully his plans were thwarted. Obviously, the obelisk liked its new home, or perhaps did not fancy its chances of being moved again. Today, the tip of the obelisk is covered in gold leaf. Like the base, however, this was not part of the original sent from Egypt. It would have been usual for an obelisk to finish in a point called a pyramidon, which would have looked similar to what we see today in shape and appearance as they were covered in precious metal to reflect the sun. However, as part of the bicentenary celebrations of the French Revolution in 1998, they created this gold pyramidon to replace the one that would have been there originally. 
Now, there's also some vague Freemason illusion around this pyramidon uh, because pyramids are a Freemason thing and there's some sort of intrigue around the number 33. So it was sort of put there 33 centuries later and there's 33 grams of gold per leaf or some such number. To be honest, it was difficult finding much information about that. So if you know if there's some secret mason things hidden under the pyramidon at the obelisk, do let me know. The obelisk in its central position watches over Paris and all major events. Standing at the bottom of the Champs-Élysées, it witnesses the annual Bastille celebrations, the Tour de France, the Marathon, and really any major gathering. Personally, I find the Place de la Concorde a bit busy and full of cars. And, if I'm honest, it does feel a bit of a shame to have moved this monument from its twin and home. This said, it is very impressive and has done a great job of helping Parisians move on from all that guillotining. If you would like to see the original base, well, the base that was intended for the obelisk, then do head over to the Egyptian section of the Louvre. And if you would like to see models of the apparatus used to lower the obelisk, transport it and then raise it in Paris, well then they are at the Musée de Marine. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I do hope you enjoyed it. I will carry on trying to get them out more often this year. Um, If you've enjoyed the show, then do tell a friend. It would be amazing. Or if you can, take the time to leave a review. With that in mind, I'd just like to say thank you to the lovely people who left me reviews this time. So guys, thank you so much. It's been amazing to hear your comments. And really, I do love to hear from you, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, because it makes me feel like you're out there listening. Um, Do feel free to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I'll put up pictures relevant to each episode. And of course, you can leave comments on the website. Otherwise, take care of yourselves and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye bye.